Welcome to That's So Chronic with me, Jess Bryan. It's the last Tuesday of the month, which means we take a break from the regular interview episodes and have a That's So dot 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 episode. That's So is a monthly series here at That's So Chronic where we get the chance to dive a little bit deeper into a piece of content and talk about something that's in our That's So Chronic world. Whether that be a film, a book, a TV series, literally anything and everything. Today it's all about Kara Eloff's book, The Chronic Pain Couple. I loved getting to chat to Kara about her book, but before I share our interview, I wanted to give you a bit of a rundown, just in case you haven't read it. Now, full disclosure, I was gifted my copy, however, as per usual, all views are my own. Honestly, I think you're really going to like Kara. She is an Australian entrepreneur and author who is dedicated to helping people find joy. She is also the managing director and co-founder of two mental health clinics on the east coast of Australia. She's also been a regular guest panellist on an Australian TV show called Be That, which dives into tough conversations about life with health professionals and guests. And of course, she has written a book titled The Chronic Pain Couple. This book, I guess, is a book that would fall into the self-improvement type genre style of book. The description on the front cover says how to be a joyful partner and have a remarkable relationship in spite of chronic pain. And the word remarkable comes up a lot. Kara draws from the latest research of chronic pain and psychology as well as from her own personal experience to bring a low energy but highly practical path to a new normal for anyone living with pain. This book is really simply broken down into different parts such as the pain and the hidden pain, mental medicine, a part on sex and one titled The New Norm. Each part also has different chapters and at the end of every chapter there is a section called the long and short which is super handy if you're coming back to the book and you're just skipping through and you want a little recap or a reminder. There are also moments throughout the book where Kara has included website URLs to download some free extra resources to help you on your way. So okay I'm not gonna lie to you I was really nervous to approach this book. I had unfortunately missed out on an event here in New Zealand that Kara was speaking at, and so it had been on my radar for a little while. I think I was just kind of putting it off because I don't actually read a lot of these type of books, and I didn't want to open the book, start reading, and suddenly feel really shit about my life or my relationship. But as it turns out... I really needn't have worried. The way Kara has written The Chronic Pain Couple, it's as if you're listening to a friend. The word friend actually comes up quite a lot throughout the book when she's referring to the person reading it. So it's definitely a conscious decision. And it really just felt like two friends catching up over brunch on a Sunday chatting about relationships. And 
I think a lot of that trust that I had in Kara and something that sets her book apart from the rest is that she truly is coming at this from a place of experience. Kara lives with a diagnosis of spondyloarthritis and if you haven't heard of this condition before it's essentially a type of arthritis that for Kara inflames the spine and the sacroiliac joint which is where your spine and your pelvis connect as well as her peripheral joints. This, as you can imagine, results in chronic pain and has also contributed to a diagnosis of enthesitis, which is inflammation where the ligaments and the tendons attach to the bone. Kara writes in her book that she is a treatment-resistant individual, which means that treatment that would normally be used to treat people living with spondyloarthritis hasn't worked for her. It's this personal knowledge of chronic pain that really, like I said before, made me trust Kara because sometimes I can be a little bit of a brat and be like, oh, that's all very well and good, but like, what do you know? (laughs) And with the chronic pain couple, when I was reading, I was just like, oh my God, no, like she really gets it. So I did learn a lot from reading this book and I think that it's a book that I will find myself going back to throughout the course of my life for little gems of wisdom and advice but also for confirmation that I'm on the right page and that I'm not alone. I recommend this book not just for people who are living with chronic pain, but for all chronic illnesses, really. And I think support people could get something out of it as well. There are parts that are written and are suited for support people. But I do think that people who experience chronic pain themselves would benefit the most. And then when they're reading the book, they would be able to share little bits of their learnings with their partners. Okay, so with all of that being said, let's hear from Kara herself. And make sure that you stick around to the end of the episode so you can find out how to win yourself a copy of The Chronic Pain Couple. Kara, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to learn more about you and, of course, your book, The Chronic Pain Couple. I will have just introduced you in the introduction of this episode, but I'm really curious to know how you would describe what it is, the work that you do, if someone was, I don't know, you were out for dinner with someone and they had absolutely no idea what you do. How would you describe it to them? Great first question, Jess. Thanks for having me on. I would describe the work that I do as practical, problem-solving for people with chronic pain who want to have a great relationship. Chronic pain impacts everything in our lives and I think it it makes a challenge in so many areas for us and I problem solve the area of relationships for people. And speaking of chronic pain, you are also living with a diagnosis of spondyloarthritis? Yes. How was my pronunciation on that one? That was perfect. You touch on your diagnosis in the book, so obviously we're not going to give too much away because I would love everybody listening to go and read a copy for themselves. But when did this diagnosis enter Mm. your life? I was living in London and I returned to Australia with my husband. We are obviously from Australia, but we moved over there for a little while. And when we returned, we went furniture shopping And as we were out furniture shopping, I just suddenly collapsed and I had significant pain in my right hip area. We at first thought it was a running injury because I really enjoyed long distance running. 
So I went and did rehab to, I followed treatment to a T. I flew interstate to some of the best specialists in, in that area that deal with a joint called the sacroiliac joint. But after some years, it started to become evident that it wasn't a running injury, that it was yeah. actually spreading to other joints. And I was diagnosed with spondyloarthritis at that point. And I think that's something that is really important. And that really stood out to me when I was reading The Chronic Pain Couple is that you are coming at this from a place of experience as opposed to perhaps someone that does have a wealth of knowledge in the area of chronic pain but isn't living it and I don't know whether that's just me sometimes being a bit of a brat and being like well what do you know like you're not living it but when I was reading your book I felt really comforted and I really appreciated that I knew that you understood those really small intricate moments of living with chronic pain and I, I think it's possible like would you agree that perhaps that's what sets your book apart from some of the other I guess, self-improvement books that are out there? I really hope so. <laughs> um, thank you for that feedback. I hope so because I think that it is one thing to understand in the textbook that fatigue yeah. comes with chronic pain, but to actually have to make a decision between shaving your legs and brushing your teeth. <laughs> I mean, they're two important things when you're in a relationship. Yes. But, <laughs> and, and, and that's really hard to describe. And also... When you look at the research, yes, there are all of these things that we can do for communication and for our mental health and intimacy and to have great goals as a couple. But what I wasn't able to find and why I wrote a book is that that practical adaption to our limits as somebody with chronic pain. So you can read a relationship book that asks you to go and have these great dates. But what if pain impacts those dates what yeah. if you have pain that is unexpected suddenly and it interrupts plans how do you navigate that and that was what I really wanted to do is have a look at okay what does the research say about relationships and chronic pain and how can we have a great relationship when we're experiencing those struggles. So I do hope so that it came across that I do understand it because this came from a place where actually this is the book I wish I had 10 years ago. Yeah. It's enough to deal with chronic pain impacting your body and your hobbies and your career. But when it starts to impact your relationship, you just want quick wins. Yes, absolutely. And that's something that I took away from your book as well. It was really easy to follow, easy to read. It's one of those books that you can come back to. You don't necessarily need to take it all in every chapter all at once. You can go, oh, what was that part about, you know, getting over an argument quickly? Like, can I go back to that chapter and revisit that because things have been a little bit tense recently? Or yes. And I really loved the long and short of it at the end of the chapters as well. Because that's another thing. When you are experiencing chronic pain, maybe sitting down and reading a book might not be accessible either. So you've really nailed it. <laughs> Oh, that's so kind. Thank you, Jess. It was actually something I had to take into consideration because a lot of nonfiction books are above 50,000 words. So I had to really work hard on making things bite-sized, low energy with really high impact. And that was from a reading perspective, but also from a practical perspective of, hey, we actually may be also suffering from mental health difficulties. 
a brain fog, all of these things that create challenges for sitting down and reading a book as well. So I'm glad that that also was something that was helpful for you. Speaking of being able to come to this book from a place of experience, there's also an amazing example of that in the mental health chapter. Is it true that you just completely pressed delete to the whole chapter? I did. I try not to remember that, Jess. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I am. I. I was not a natural writer. I mean, I my my degrees, my work is all in the health industry. Uh, I was previously a speech pathologist. Yes, I've written, but it's all been more research based, and so. Yes, I I thought I had a stellar mental health chapter. As you read, I it was the first completed chapter, 6,000 words, and I was really proud of it. And then I had as you as you read a, a medication mix-up which caused a significant mental health difficulty for a really short period of time thankfully. And I don't take that lightly that that was a short-term thing for me. But it completely changed my perspective on everything. It made me dig deeper into the research of mental health and relationships. And that, that one finding of that research finding that it is not only your pain intensity that determines relationship satisfaction, but also your mental health wellness, that was enough for me to just remove what I'd written, 6,000 words, <laughs> remove those 6,000 words and go, no, this needs to hit harder. We need yeah. to focus on this because it is way too big for us. Your book is about helping couples have remarkable relationships. And there is this moment where I think I'll remember for a while. It's when you wrote that it's you and your partner versus chronic pain as opposed to you and your chronic pain versus your partner. Have you always been interested in helping couples or helping with relationships? Is that something that sort of came to you randomly or is that something that you've always been interested in? No, Jess, I have not always been um, passionate about this area. I am the managing director and co-founder of two private psychology clinics and it was only after experiencing chronic pain that I became so aware of the gap between the practical solutions and couples counseling. I think I always thought that being a, a owner of a mental health clinic, I always thought that that was cared for in a, yeah. in a clinical setting. And it wasn't until I started to experience this myself that I realized there was that big gap. Sometimes people don't need couples counseling Sometimes we just need to know, how can I love my partner when I'm in too much pain to get off the couch? Yeah. Um, and that gap is just something I can't ignore. I have tried to put this yeah. down multiple times because I am quite busy with the clinics and I have a, a little boy who's incredible, but I just, I can't put it down. This is, it's, I see too many people struggling with this. I wanted answers and I'm very passionate about getting those answers out there now yeah because I think it goes back to that quote that I think a lot of the time people are like oh well when I feel better that's when it can be better in our relationship but actually what I was learning from reading your book is that it's actually that the two things can coexist you can still be experiencing a lot of pain and still be in 
to quote, a remarkable relationship. Yes. Which is incredible. Yes. <laughs> and it seems, I mean, so early on in the journey, it's just all about getting better, right? You would pay a million bucks for somebody to come and heal you. And yep. I lived in that space for so many years. So Yuan, he's my husband. Yuan and I, we would say, okay, when I get better, we'll do this. After this yep. treatment, we'll do this. Always living for when things will get better. And I think the first thing that makes you realize, oh, this may not be possible is when you realize that your health condition is chronic, right? Because you, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about many people you interview or yourself, whether you think that this may actually get better overnight. You know, you have that hope. I think I still have that yeah. hope, even though. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'm like, maybe I don't have MS. Maybe yes. they've like misdiagnosed it or something. <laughs> yes, exactly. So you always have that hope and definitely... I'm not saying that we should not pursue healing and not get amazing treatments and amazing health professionals around us. Yes, definitely do that. But if we make that the focus and we wait to have a great life and relationship until we're better or until the next treatment, then we're missing out on so much. But I think that the path to being well when we're not well is a bit foggy. How do we do that? How do we struggle with fatigue and still at the end of the day feel really fulfilled and that's where we go into things like matching up our values um, with our partner but also individually dissecting what our hobbies were and what it is that we liked and valued with those hobbies all different areas that I just I I needed a blueprint of this and and this is a yeah. selfish reason of why I wrote this book because I needed it. I was not willing to settle for a passionless relationship, for a patient carer relationship or for a life where I wasn't able to hit those big goals. It's yeah. We don't have to do that. Chronic pain takes enough. Yeah. You, reading your book did make me reflect on my own relationship, which I guess is great. Probably <laughs> the point. <laughs> but what I was thinking is that you were with your husband for quite a while before chronic pain entered your life. And in my situation, I had been living with MS for a few years and chronic pain before meeting Jonas. In the work that you do, have you noticed that those two different, I guess, paths have separate challenges? I think that the biggest difference I see is in how a chronic pain couple responds to the challenges. So sometimes a couple, I, I call them couple number one and couple number two, chronic pain couple number one, chronic yeah. pain couple number two. Yeah. And number one is they're a couple that they're doing well, they're drawing together, they're communicating well, they work on challenges together, but they maybe are missing some of the spark and joy that they could have. Couple number two, yeah. they are on struggle street. They are wondering, are they able to be together yeah. at all? And they're looking for a way to be together. Where couple number one are looking for a better way to be together. And probably what I see is couples who are healthy when they're together and then somebody becomes unwell they can more easily fall into couple number two. So where they are going, yeah. wow, everything has been ripped out from under us. We are no longer yeah. <laughs> able to hang out as we used to or have a relationship like we used to. And so for them, that shock factor is, is more significant. But in saying that, I think everybody is at risk of that couple number one because 
you don't know what you're missing out on until you, you know, until you read this kind of book where you go, oh, okay, this is what I can do for intimacy or, oh. And so, yeah, I think that you would see more of that deeper disconnect and um, struggle with somebody who was diagnosed later on in their relationship. And I guess chronic pain is just not really like you either have it or you don't. It's a spectrum. And so often, you know, you can think that you're accepting of this thing that you've suddenly been diagnosed with. You might have lived with it for five years and then suddenly you're grieving it all over again. It, it, I've, that's what I've noticed personally is that it is just, it's wild. It, there's no one way or wrong way or right way. It just attacks at different times. Yeah, you are yeah. so right. And I think that that's hard also for people who don't experience chronic pain to understand is it's not just you lose your abilities once or you know your career pivots once it just it sparks up often and and that's grief right you just you find yourself in situations or with different triggers where you go wow this is not the body that I thought I would have at this time in my life or this is not the path I thought I was going down and I've really experienced that when I was working as a speech pathologist and one night I I had to just pull the pin on it I had been pushing for months really unwell but I really loved my clients my little clients I was working at a pediatric clinic and I had to make the decision to take time off clinical work because I wasn't well enough and that was really hard and I thought that okay once I made that decision which took me two hours holding onto a phone I I nearly all I nearly couldn't make that call it was so difficult And you would think that that moment would be the hardest. But then there was, okay, packing up the resources, deciding what to do at different times. And then, you know, you meet other speech pathologists or you meet, there's different triggers that come along. But actually, one of the things I find with chronic pain couples is the ones that are doing really well, they seem to be able to accept the situation, which doesn't mean giving into it. It doesn't mean you stop trying to make things better. But how can you improve on something if you don't accept that it's like this, just in this moment? And so I think that, you know, when those times of grief pop up, going, okay, yeah, this isn't where I thought I'd be. This isn't where I thought my body would be. I'm not as well as I wanted to be. You know, you know, end of the year comes and you're like, next year, I will be better. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And when that doesn't happen, rather than, you know, adding to that suffering, adding to that grief, it's just accepting it and going, okay, in this moment, this is where I'm at. But, you know, these are the things I can do to change that. And I think that the people with pain and the couples that I work with that are quick to accept their situation and then work on improving it, they're doing so much better. It's clear that you're really passionate about helping people in their relationships. But Kara, I am absolutely shook that you have never read a romance novel. Oh, (laughs) I haven't. (laughs) And that is why I am very shocked that I wrote a couple's book. (laughs) I also don't like Valentine's Day. I'm like, do we need to send you some suggestions, some recommendations? Do you read romance novels? I am a big romance novel person, absolutely. Well, I'll have to email you about your recommendations. Maybe you can convince me. (laughs) Maybe. 
maybe that's my personal challenge for the rest of 2022 get you to read yes, a yes. romance book <laughs> are they really um are they read really sweetly on audible romance novels i actually haven't listened to one mm. on audible or like as an audiobook yes yeah I'd, maybe that would make me cringe a little bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm just wondering how far this goes like when people yeah. are listening <laughs> Maybe people can send us a message on Instagram whether yes. they have listened to an audiobook of a romance novel and how they found it. <laughs> yes, and if I was to read one romance novel, what is it? Yes. Oh, I love that. A lot of people would tell you Colleen Hoover. I'm not okay. sure if you've heard of that. I'm author. writing this down. Yeah. And perhaps as somebody who's really interested in psychology, you might enjoy it because it does always have a bit of a dark twist to it mm. but yeah okay interesting anyway I digress yes <laughs> speaking of books can you remember the moment where you were like right I'm doing it I'm writing a book and how long does it take from that moment to it then being in my hands and I get to read it yes first of all let's just say a lot longer than you would ever expect yeah I knew that okay no let's go back to the start okay I'm not a writer I decided I wanted to write a book I had no idea how you do that. So I was trying to do it without a schedule and it was about nine months in, I just put it down. I went, you know what? This is probably a bit too big for uh, me and also <laughs> with my health as well. It's a bit of a big challenge with the clinics, but it just never left me. So I started to wake up at 5 a.m every day and I wrote for an hour before my son woke up. Wow. Yes. And I also went away for a couple of weekends in a hotel in Brisbane just for writing. My husband was incredible. He was like, okay, no, you, you can do this. So I did that. But guess which month I finished writing this book? I don't know. March 2020. When, oh my God. <laughs> when lockdown happened and most of the big publishers closed up their inquiries mm. about to new authors. Anyway, I was really determined to have this be a book that was accessible. So for me, that meant a traditional publisher. And if you are not in the, uh, in the area of books, that is actually really difficult. So I did have a 52 page proposal that I wrote for publishers. And it was a year later that publisher started to open up again, the bigger ones that I was really interested in. So I did get quite a few no's. I think people don't really understand the challenge of uh, being in a relationship with chronic pain, but Exile Publishing, an incredible publisher, uh, did see the vision in this and they have been remarkable in rolling out this and making it available for people in pain. So it does take some time to move through design, editing, uh, things like that. But now that it, it kind of feels like a distant memory now that uh, I'm holding yeah. the book. But yeah, it's definitely not an easy feat, but I think that when you have a vision for the people that you're going to help, it makes it easier to get up at 5am. It makes it easier to write these proposals and to push hard because if, if, if we're not going to do it, somebody who has the ability to go and find the research and also lives it and knows that there's a gap, then we're not going to get that information out there. Yeah. So somebody had to do it. I can't say I'm so stoked it was me. I, I will be once I get over the writing fatigue. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> writing fatigue but um no it is it is a um, rewarding process and what do you hope that readers will get out of the book when they read it oh where do you start Jess <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, oh, I'm going to get teary. <laughs> Don't ask <Aww>. me that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that, number one, I hope that people in pain understand that they don't have to wait for somebody else to give them compassion because pain is so hard so hard you cannot describe it to somebody that doesn't know it i hope that they know that mental health is such a big factor for this it is not just about our pain and body it's about how well we can stop those negative thoughts if you are listening to this you are not a burden it's yeah. such a big thing you are not a burden you deserve love you deserve compassion you can give that compassion to yourself you don't have to wait for yeah. somebody else and then i want to encourage people to not settle don't don't settle for unremarkable i and i don't know if it's my young age i'm only 32 or whether it's i know it's possible because i've experienced it but just because you have chronic pain doesn't mean Everything else needs to be a struggle. Yes, your body and your health is a struggle, but your mental health and your goals and your relationship and being a parent or your hobbies, they can all be practically looked at and problem solved and taken from survival to remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. You write a lot about gratitude as well in your book. And I thought to end our interview today, perhaps we can express some gratitude is there anything that you're grateful for this morning oh i'm grateful for you jess you make this oh, platform I wasn't possible fishing, I <laughs> sure sure no i think something that comes across in your podcast always is this compassion i mean i know i just mentioned it and that we can give it to ourselves but you dish it out jess <laughs> and i think you know it's it's only via audio that we hear you, but we can just hear that care that you have. And so I'm really grateful for this podcast, for the work you do. And Aww. it's, um, yeah, really grateful for that. And I'm, I'm so grateful for the people and the organizations that are getting behind this book. I think it's something that you don't know you need until you read it and you go, oh yeah, that's yeah. a heap of practical tips I didn't know I needed. And so for this to get into the hands of the right people and to change lives, it takes uh, people and word of mouth. So I'm really thankful for everybody that is pushing this message that we don't have to settle for survival yeah. in a relationship. And I think it's also really important to say that you don't need to necessarily be completely down in the dumps and really anxious or stressed with your relationship. Even if you read Kara's book and you think, oh, we're on the right track, or that is something that we do. Awesome. I've got it written down and I can go, that's why we do this now. It's also learning a lot about, you know, the why and how that can then progress to being a remarkable relationship. So I'm really grateful for your book. Oh, that's good, Jess. And that's, yeah, that's a really good uh, point about that. It's also nice to see where you're winning in your relationship yeah. going, oh, that's a, that's a paragraph I'm already mastering yeah. um, <laughs> because so many things are difficult for us with health conditions. So to know that you're doing something right as well is, yeah, is really nice. Amazing. Thank you so much for chatting with me today for sharing a bit more about your story and also sharing your book with the world. I'm excited for everybody listening to get their hands on it Thank and have you. a read for themselves. Thank you for having me, Jess. 
It's true what Kara says. You don't know that you need this book until you read it. So, excitingly, Kara and the team at Exile Publishing have given me some copies of The Chronic Pain Couple to give away. All you have to do is head to at That's So Chronic on Instagram and comment on the giveaway post with something that you're grateful for today. T's and C's apply and just note this giveaway is only open to New Zealand and Australian residents. USA, I think you're getting the book very soon. I hope you enjoyed listening to this That's So episode of That's So Chronic. These episodes at the end of the month make me so happy. I love being able to share the things that I've been watching, reading or listening to, being able to dive a little bit deeper into the process that goes on into making them or analysing them as well. It makes my little nerdy heart so happy. (laughs) So thank you for listening, rating, reviewing and sharing these episodes. It means that I can continue making them. And on that note of continuing to make these episodes, if you have something that you would like featured on an episode, feel free to send me an email and we can try and make it happen. And if you enjoyed this episode, I reckon you would enjoy the monthly That's So Chronic newsletter over on Substack. You can find the link to sign up in the show notes. Have a great week and don't forget to enter the giveaway.